This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Sir Richard Branson, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, and so many others. Our guest today is responsible for bringing them to stages all over the world for the past 17 years, helping iconic celebrities like those names reach out to 12 million people globally. He's a mad keen golfer, and it's an amazing Aussie entrepreneurial success story. Please join me in listening to the journey of Michael Lane. Welcome to the Evolution of Business podcast. Business is a series of evolutions. This podcast explores how to stay relevant in the hearts and minds of the people you choose to serve. It will look for the lessons and the failures of the past and share the success of those getting it right today. What is the next evolution of your business? Now, here's your host, Dave Clare. Welcome back to another episode of the Evolution of Business show. And today is nothing short of spectacular because I have a very special guest who I've been connected with on LinkedIn for many years and really enjoyed his content and the work that he's doing in the world today. Uh, he's also an avid golfer like myself. So we've had a few chats uh, when he's been playing golf and I've been playing golf from other sides of the uh, country here in Australia. But it's none other than Michael Lane, Director of Success Resources. Now, someone once told me on a previous podcast that good business people talk about the business and their family second, and great people talk about, great business people talk about their family first and their business second. And I know Michael's a great business person. I know he's a very passionate, loving husband and a proud father and a keen golfer. Um, so I wanted to start with that. And he also loves living close to the beach in sunny Sydney, Australia. Now, for those of you who don't know Michael, he's an Australian entrepreneur and the director of Success Resources which is the world's largest provider of educational events featuring world-class speakers such as Sir Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki. I know he's probably brought Gary Vee, uh, Jay Shetty, you name it, a whole bunch of other people to the Australian world here as well. Um, but Michael's also a leader who's passionate about education. He's an expert in the touring business and a master of relationship building, and I know he's going to share a lot of that with us. Uh, many of his businesses, actually, he collaborates with a wide spectrum of well-known influencers and experts. At Success Resources, he's been organizing events for over 17 years, and it's fascinating to see what happened through this pandemic time and how they managed to run some amazing worldwide events as well, which I'm sure he'll share with that as well. Um, but this equates to connecting over 12 million people globally with the greatest business and personal development educators and leaders of our time. So I'm sure he's been able to glean a lot of that information as well from uh, being able to rub shoulders with those amazing people. But aside from Success Resources, Michael's also involved in three other companies in the areas of financial services, recruitment, and digital media that transact over $200 million in revenue per year. So if there's anyone who knows about how to evolve your business to stay relevant in the hearts and minds of the people that you choose to serve, it would be none other than my guest, Michael Lane. Michael, welcome to the Evolution of Business podcast. Dave, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Um, it's, it's very exciting, you know, I'd say, uh, I, I remember some time ago you, you said, you know, like if, if what are your things which I fully agree with is about finding ways to add value to people and, you know, just reach out and ask questions and stuff like that. 
Um, and, and, you know, that's certainly um, an engage with them. And, and, and that's exactly how I approached getting you to appear on the Evolution of Business podcast show. Uh, because I really do value your content. I was seeking to comment and add value to that and to, to the people in yours. Uh, and I think that's a really important lesson um, for people to understand is about seeking ways to add value to people. Uh, and, and this, to me, is what is really lacking in a lot of people. Everyone's trying to extract value rather than talking about mm. how I provide value. Uh, and you are the epitome of providing value to people. So thank you very much, mate, for honoring your word and uh, also showing up here on the podcast. So, so give us... Let's get started. Let's go into it. Like, talk to me about the Michael Lane story. Share with us in the next, you know, ten minutes or so. You know, how do you how do you even get into a business like this, and then be partnering and rubbing shoulders with the who's who in the world of leadership and entrepreneur? Yeah, Dave. Well, it's you know, it's a it's a long journey. It's a long story. It's not an overnight success by any means. Um, countless failures, constant heartache. Um, but a couple of wins along the way and, and that gives you momentum and it gives you hope and it gives you, um, you know, the, the, the feeling that if you've done some cool stuff in the past and you can do it again in the future, but to take the audience back, I knew at the age of eight, I wanted to be successful. Uh, I didn't know what that looked like. I just knew there was people who had fast cars, cool things and got to travel to nice places. And then there was people like my parents who didn't have access to that stuff, but were just good people and worked hard showed up every day and I quickly realized that there's two types of people there's sort of the business owners and then there's employees and I just realized that either way you're going to work hard in life there's no shortcut yeah, uh, there's no there's no track or inside lane that's going to be quicker easier faster but I just knew that if I was on the business owner side then I might be able to get good, hardworking people to work with me and we can build something exciting and I could get leverage by having more than just me in the business. So look, I went through school. I tasted success uh, early and I mean that not from my own success, but I hung around people whose parents were very successful. I went to a, a pretty good school here in Sydney and while my parents gave everything for me to get a good education, I kind of went and hung out with some cool people and their kids went to the same school as I went to. So it's the kind of thing where in the holidays you'd get in one of your mate's dad's private jet and then you'd go to up to the Gold Coast, north of Sydney, if anyone's outside of Australia, yeah. and they would have a beach house. And you're like, what's going on? This is crazy. I'm in a private jet at the age of 16, going to different houses around the world, living the dream, and I wasn't paying for it. And it gave me this continual, you know, taste of success. And then I, uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, I didn't get the grades that I wanted in school. So it made me get out there and hone my craft around sales, influence, persuasion. And that led me to doing my first business. So my first business was at the age of 19. Um, I quickly realized that if I put my time and energy into it, and I can realize that there's really an uncapped return you know it was up to me if i go out there and i sell more i can make more and mm -hmm. that whole concept fascinated me and it got me to the point where i was like i had a, a company we were a a marketing company but let's be clear there was nothing strategic about it we knocked on doors selling car servicing for the local dealership nice. but, what it, but what it did tell me was the more doors i knock on the more yeses i will eventually get so yeah. even though you know 
you you hear of you know there's not much door knocking happening anymore but no that whole industry just fascinated me because i learned to manage my emotions around getting no's and i learned to manage uh how you quickly influence and persuade someone before they shut that door on how you can quickly extract not only value and fair exchange of value but actually extract cash so david you know first business then uh, 19, uh, it led me to running a few more different companies. Some didn't do well, some did okay, eventually fell over, circumstances changed. But it wasn't until the age of 23 when I went to my first personal development event. Mm. And I must say, I was hooked. And yeah. within a month of going to that event, I ended up coming and working at this company that I now own, working on the phones, commission only, selling people Brian Tracy courses and Tony yeah. Robbins courses. And that was kind of like that, that early journey. Well, who was that? The personal development uh, thing, was it like a speaker? Was it a, or was it just a, a program or a course or what was it? It was a, it the gentleman was called Roy McDonald. Uh, uh, and, and he ran a program on the North shore of Sydney. And it was an evening event. I walked in there and in I would say minutes. I knew I was in for this because he yeah. said, who he wants to be successful, who he wants to follow my journey, follow my proven methods. It's not going to happen quickly, but if you follow the methods, I can get you to where you want to go. And it was, and I'm glad he did it in a very authentic way because there's a lot of people in my industry who aren't authentic around it. And he said, you work hard for seven years. And if you do all the steps that I say, then there's a good chance you'll be able to go out there and run a business and someday have a successful business. It wasn't yeah. this overnight success or do this and be successful in, you know, in nine months. Yeah. And I signed up for the course and it changed everything. Yeah. Because we always remember our first personal development. Like when I first got to go see Zig Ziglar on stage, like yeah. I got, he was in Perth and West Australia when I used to live in Australia before as a Canadian, my second time in Australia. But when I saw Zig up on the stage and he's like, I want to tell you about, you know, Zig and his, I'm like, and he had like, I don't know, it must have been like 8,000 of us in this, in the Perth entertainment room. And they like, he it felt like we were the, each of us was the only one there. And I think that whatever that guy's doing, that's, yeah, the impact he's having on people's lives right now, this very moment that I was hooked. Yeah. Uh, so you did that. You, then you started selling Brian Tracy, which great Canadian, by the way, uh, Brian yeah. Tracy. <laughs> Yes. And, and look, that first nine months of being in a very early iteration of this company, yeah. I met Tony Robbins. I met Brian Tracy. I was hanging out with these guys backstage because there was 11 of us having yeah. to do everything. Sale, market, deliver, check regos, sound check, uh, go grab spare water bottles, make sure everyone's okay, customer service. And we did it all. So you yeah, had wow. a massive proximity. Mm. And you, and you, and I talk about this a lot, Dave, is you've got to do your entrepreneurial apprenticeship. Mm. And I truly did it. And I got in and I learned everything. I learned the 360 degrees of sales, marketing, running an event, um, speaker liaison, everything. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And then as time went on, um, I did the thing that I tell every entrepreneur not to do. And this is the thing is that at the age of 24, I thought I knew it all. Yeah, I left the company and went and started my own company and brought speakers to Australia. And here's what happened, Dave, which is the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. Is we did a million dollars in the first 30 days of that business. Wow. 
And what happens to a 24 year old when they feel like they know everything and they feel like they've got this thing and they, they deserve success and they and I had this elevated state of who I was yeah. and the ego was just running rife. I, I got the cars, I got the penthouse, I did all those silly things mm. and I lost it all because my only revenue stream, my ended up being my only speaker, actually had a heart attack and couldn't come out from America. And it was John C. Maxwell. I don't know if you know of the leadership. Oh, yeah, yeah, John Maxwell, know him well, yeah. Yeah. You mean, I brought him to Australia. We had the best run you could ever think of. The stars aligned. Everything was happening. And I lost it all because I had one revenue stream and I didn't truly do my entrepreneurial apprenticeship. Mm. I thought I did. So tail between my legs, humbled, lost everything. Uh, I started doing other silly businesses that I clearly was not passionate about. An energy drink company where we lost 2 million bucks on that. Wow. A, nightclub in sydney everyone listening a nightclub is the worst business you can ever think of imagine a business like this you pay exorbitant rent yeah. and you only trade thursday friday saturday night mm. and you are 100 re uh, on relying on an audience or a crowd to walk into your venue yeah right and then you've got to hopefully have enough, spend enough on DJs and musicians and all this to keep them there drinking. And yeah. then at the end of the night and go, did we cover our costs? It was a horrible experience. But yeah. through all of this, I was studying, learning the ways of Dr. John D. Martini. I don't mm. know if you know of Dr. John. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal human. Uh, I quickly realized that, you know what? All of the stuff that was happening to me was a reflection of my development. Mm. I, from the age of 23 to, no, 22 to 24, I studied hard. I did this. I put in the effort. When I made some money, I thought, I don't need that anymore. And yeah. that's where my demise and that early challenges came. So I studied, John, um, I studied um, Dr. John D. Martini, and I ended up traveling around the world with him. We did some amazing stuff together. And... It really got me to dissolve my ego, put a focus on what I can actually do to deliver value to the world. Yep. And it changed my whole philosophy. And then, you know, I, I was with him for maybe three years doing some cool stuff. And then I remember my business partner now in Success Resources rang me up and said, hey, don't know what you're up to, but why don't you come back? We do a couple of tours and you just see how it goes. And I must admit, Dave, by this point, I was down to 500 bucks in my bank account. Wow. And I had to do something. And I remember how enjoyable and fun it was having an education company and being in that. But again, I still had a little bit of ego because I knocked on the door and said, I'll come back and I'll prove myself, but I want a chance to buy into the business hmm. because that ego was still there. It was still yeah. in the back of my head, which it's still there. Let's be really honest. <laughs> and I got back and in the first 30 days, commission only, I bought him $250,000 for the business in the first 30 days, 10% commission. I made 25 grand like that. Yeah. It was fun, enjoyable, and I, I just loved everything about it. Yeah. So that was May 2009. I came back. Within 18 months, I put 600 grand into this business and bought a good chunk of it yeah. from a standstill start. Wow. And mate, that was about 11 years ago now. And, uh, then the fun really began.
Yeah, because you talk a lot about, uh, and I've seen a lot of your content, especially you're pumping out now, and obviously when we get into the personal evolution part, because I, I think in the last maybe year or two years, I've seen a real significant upramp in your uh, social and, and the stuff that you're doing, so I'm not sure if that's influenced your Gary Vee or whatever, yeah. we'll talk about that, but um, you talk a lot about uh, impact over income. Mm. And, and to me, like, was, uh, like, uh, uh, I must say, like to me, it's like you know that sense of purpose and what you know what what's the problem you're most passionate about solving in the world today, and for who do you choose to do that for? Um, and the more you do that, well, the money will take care of itself. Um, but is that something that you you learned then at, at that back in that May 2009? Is it like it was about having that impact now? Uh, you know, listen, I agree with you. Everyone has a little bit of ego still. Healthy dose of ego isn't a bad thing. Um, yeah, and we all go through that ego phase in life. I remember going through mine. I think I've twice. Um, stupidly, both I didn't. I'm a very slow learner of things most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, this whole uh, impact—is this when you started realizing the impact that you could have versus the income that you could generate? Because you know, it's a shift from you know. Uh, actually, one of my um, other guests here, just to give you some context very quickly, uh, Andrew Priestley. Um, he talked about he wanted to have a six-figure income and a great lifestyle. But what he realized is when he was doing that his lifestyle was always in, was always pushed as the second thing because he was just chasing the money. And the moment that he flipped to go, hang on, no, I want to have a great lifestyle and do really great work and then have a six figure income. It just totally shifted the way he looked at the work and everything that he was doing and who he was serving. Yeah. For me, um, I knew, I knew it, but I wasn't truly really living it. I was yeah. still very goal orientated for Michael Lane. I was still very money driven and it wasn't until seven years ago. Um, there, and I, and I remember the moment it was when Tony Robbins backstage at an event. Um, and I, and I always tell this story. He was not talking to me just by myself. We had a, maybe three or four of us around a room, around a thing behind the curtain. And, but I felt like he was talking straight at me mm. and, and it, and it was kind of like, well, you, you know, we've got goals for ourselves, And then there's some people who have goals for their company and their staff then there's goals for your community and then there's goals even for your industry but what's your goal for humanity yeah and i was like huh and i remember it going straight into my heart going i'm playing at such a small level i'm playing at a michael lane level mm. in sydney australia which no one knows of um you know i've got big ambitions big drive but no one knows michael lane no one knows what i want to do and then after that day, I remember walking away going, okay, damn, I need to have a goal for humanity. And yeah. when you have a goal for humanity, you start to minimize your own goals. You start to go, well, I don't need that. I don't want that. If I can channel what I was going to put into that personally into this, maybe I can have a bigger impact. So, mm -hmm. you know, I haven't written a goal for what I want to make in many, many years, but I've made more money year on year on year even during COVID, it's, it's yeah. been crazy, right? It's, um, that's just kind of somehow the way it works. But if I lost it all tomorrow, I'm okay. Yeah. Because it's not my driver. So I came out of that with a very big vision, very big goal to impact the planet positively through education. And, and, and you got to look at that, Dave, and go, well, I'm not a speaker. I'm not an educator. But I'm a great connector and I'm a, I'm a great collaborator. Yeah. So all I did was go, cool, now I've got this desire to make a huge impact through positive education. 
who in the around the, on the planet can I partner with? And I think you would have seen that on, you know, following me, but everything we've been doing, everything I've been working towards is all leading to having that big impact on, on humanity. And yeah. it's aligning with the people who have the skill set to actually educate, who have the proximity to people that can maybe make a change and who have an audience. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the top three people that I love and my partners, Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, Gary Vee. Yeah. Between those guys, there's about 45 million people on social media. Yeah. Dave, I don't care how good my content is, I'll never get to 45 million, right? Yeah. And that's okay because I realize one of my superpowers is to be able to go do a deal with them, get them to do it simultaneously in yeah. some cases, and then be able to have uh, an impact on the planet. And that's where I shifted from being Michael Lane income focused to impact first, and then the income will come. Yeah, and I think that's, a, that's a, just such a really important thing because a lot of people, they, you know, it all sounds like fluffy, you know, yeah, you know, do what you love and all this sort of stuff and the money will follow. Chase, chase what you love and let the money chase you. And, um, but like, time and time and time again, the people who do it, who like truly live it and breathe it, it happens. And it's, it's, just, it's just the way things are. Like you, you chase your purpose and, and this is what happens. And I agree that like I, uh, three, three years ago, I wrote um, my goal for humanity, which was to create and inspire 90 million purpose-driven leaders around the world. It's amazing. I love that. Yeah, because to me, I think like for me, uh, you know, I want to. Uh, my biggest kick is when people get reconnected to their sense of purpose beyond making money in the business, and people get that personal connection to that public sense of purpose of the work that they're doing. And uh, and if you look at where all the stats and the way the world is right now, like when you would see in in organizations, the disengagement rates are still through the roof. It's ridiculous. We're spending fifty billion dollars on leadership training and development, yet the disengagement rates are going up. How is that possible? Mm. Leadership has to be broken. But imagine if we had everybody's got a little bit more sense of meaning in the work that they did. And they found that their own personal impact in the impact that the work, whether they're employee or business owner, we can actually shift the consciousness of the planet. Oh, having this, you know, just that little bit more sense of meaning for work. This when I go home, I feel a little bit better about what I did today rather than feeling a little bit bad about what I did today. That's it. I think and what I realized is that when you get comfortable and for the listeners, I haven't taken a salary since, that 2003 first time at this business. Yeah. And I do that so I don't get comfortable. Yeah. Because it's easy to get comfortable. When you've got a nice car, you've got money in the bank, you've got everything you need to provide for your family, it's easy to get comfortable. Correct. And it's easy to lose that sharpness. It's, it's easy to lose, you know, that killer instinct that entrepreneurs yeah. need. So, you know, for me, I've manufactured my, my, or everything in my life. Yeah. So that it keeps me from not getting lazy because ultimately I'm a very lazy person. Yeah. I, 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 it's just my nature. I realize that. So I build systems and structures to mm. keep me sharp. So when you wake up and I wake up every month at zero and yeah. if I can't have an impact and have money follow that, then I don't deserve to get paid. Yeah. So, so I've built those kind of things. Another thing that I love to build is um, I have, a certain amount of money that'll stay in my bank account for anything that we need. It's a very low comparative to what I earn and very low comparative to um, even my overheads as personally. I keep that in my bank account. Everything else I put into active money and return and those kind of things. But when I look at my bank account every single day, I go, damn, if I don't work hard this month, 
That's going to last me about two months. And I do that specifically because there's another hack to make sure that I don't get comfortable and just go, Oh, I can, it's okay to relax today because I look at all that money in the account. So, you know, we're, we're funny creatures, entrepreneurs, and we can easily be swayed into everything will be okay. I love sticking on the edge of, I need to be adding massive value today or my life will somehow unfold and unravel. So it, yeah. it's, it's a funny way, but I, I know it works for me. Yeah. So what I've, what, I've, what I've learned through your journey to where you are today so far, uh, and you talk about your entrepreneurial apprenticeship, um, whilst you said you had those failures and things like that because you hadn't done your entrepreneurial apprenticeship, I believe you were in your entrepreneurial apprenticeship probably at that time actually is what it was because that's a big part of the, uh, it's really important that, like uh, these failures and you know, like you know, most, all, you, all the Gary Bees and all these guys out there, even Tony Robbins, I'm sure would all tell you Richard Branson, same thing that why do, why do they all tell us to fail often and fail fast? Why do they tell us that? To learn, to, to educate yeah. ourselves, to do our yeah. entrepreneurial apprenticeship, right? Right. But, but going forward, do you, are you going to, are you going to be able to, so you are who you are today because of the failures and the, well, the learning from the failures we don't learn from is just, but the ones we've learned from and we've moved forward with. So, and I find this fascinating where a lot of people today are afraid to make a mistake, but you didn't get to be who you are today without making those mistakes and learning from them. So why do we think moving forward into whatever the world is that we're moving into and who we want to evolve into that we can do that without making a mistake? Yeah. Look, it's you have to embrace that failure as part of the learning process. Absolutely. You know, I I don't know of any entrepreneur who's done anything worthwhile who can't actually put their hand up and go, yeah, I failed. I I did that. Um, But but here's the thing. And I I personally keep a journal of all my significant failures. Um, I I learn more from my my failures than I do from my wins because I have a lot more failures than wins. But they're smaller failures. And, and, you know, entrepreneurship's almost like a glorified venture capitalist. We've got all these different irons in the fire, even within our business. Yeah. 17 may struggle, go nowhere, but one might be an absolute killer. And the yeah. other two might do pretty well. But if you have a look, there was 17 that didn't work. Yeah. 17 strategies, 17 different things. I like documenting what I did from that because here's the thing. It's okay to fail at something specific once. If you keep failing that in that area multiple times, that's, that's a problem. So yeah. I like to document that. But again, getting back to your entrepreneurial and, and why I, I try and tell entrepreneurs, when you feel like you've got that passion, when you feel like you've found the thing you want to do, you stop, you breathe, you take a calm moment, and then you start planning, you start working. Mm-hmm. You don't jump ship and unplug the lifeline that is your salary, your job, or wherever yeah. you are. You start building something in parallel and go, who is the best in Sydney or Perth or London at that thing I want to do? Mm. And look at it and go, it's John or Mary over there. While you're still being congruent to your employer, who's giving you pay and consistency, you honor them. You show up and you play full out now and you pretend that's your role. And then what you do is you look for Mary or John and you go, that's my target. And you give yourself six to nine months in your current role and yep. you start applying, you start adding value to their social media. You start doing, you know, liking their stuff. And then when the timing's right, you say, Mary, I'm super passionate about this. I would love to come work for you for free for a month. 
Yeah. And you're in the sales department like I was. Yep. Back yourself and go, Mary, I'll come and do commission only. And if you love what I do, then I'd love to get involved and be a deeper in your thing. Then you're going to really start to do your entrepreneurial apprenticeship. Then you want to spend three to five years with Mary learning everything. And all you say to Mary is, I will get in here first and I'll leave last every single day. But I want over the next three to five years, you to help me understand what happens in manufacturing or what happens in the customer service department, the account, how it all works. Trust me, if I had someone come through my door and do that, I'm going to find a seat for them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to find a room for them. So, you know, I just think, you know, if you found the thing that really lights you up every day, it won't pass you by. Don't be fearful that it's going to expire. It won't. But if you look at it and it's truly the thing you're passionate about, look at it and go, I've got two decades up my sleeve here. Mm. So then you go, three to five years is my apprenticeship. It's okay. I can learn what I need to learn because the next 15 years is where I'm going to go out, do the thing myself and start to use this whole method of how can I impact in that sector, that industry, that community, and then the money will come. That's kind of my whole philosophy. Yeah, no, 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 I love that. And if I told you that uh, entrepreneurial stories uh, include failure, hard work, um, proximity, leveraging, knocking on doors, managing your nose, and focusing on impact over income, would you say that's a summation of an entrepreneur's journey? I think you've wrapped it up perfectly. Okay, that's just what you told me. Yeah. Okay. So uh, those, those are all the words I wrote down in order as you were talking here to me. Yeah. Like that, that's it. And and you know Gary V. All these guys, you're, you yourself are telling us you you got to do the work. I mean, this is the one thing I found fascinating with anybody is you just got to be willing to do the work. And it's a, it's a concept what I call being urgently patient. Okay. So you act with a sense of urgency, but be patient for the results to come along. I like it. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds like a bit of an oxymoron and I put the moron in oxymoron, but it's like, <laughs> but it, be urgently patient. And this is what I work with. Like, you know, you've got to act with that sense of urgency, that sense of desire, passion. This is what you're saying. It's like you're keeping that bank balance minimum. So you always have that hunger, but be patient for the results. And, and I think we'll find today that people aren't patient enough. They, we're in this world where we all want it now for some reason, because everything's instant. So why isn't my results instant? It just doesn't work that way. It's proven time and time and time again. It just doesn't happen like that, you know? And I think that's the fascinating part for people um, to really grab hold of. If you really want to make a success, even in business, if you're employed by somebody and you're part of helping them build that vision that you've bought into, it's the same thing. You still got to work hard. Yeah. I've got this philosophy that if you have two entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. one jumps ship and goes and does their business and from the get go. And one goes and does their entrepreneurial apprenticeship. And you look at a 10 year goal for both of them. The guy or girl who goes and does the apprenticeship will be light years ahead of that person at the 10 year mark. And even though they might only be three to seven years in their own business, the lessons, the learnings by having a mentor and showing up every single day and going humbly, okay, I'm still working for this guy or girl. I know you're over there and doing your own thing and it looks like it's amazing. But you're just learning and, and, you know, those two different entrepreneurs, when they get to that 10 year, there is a vast difference in experience and knowledge and everything else. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like what I call bamboo theory, right? So bamboo theory, Absolutely. bamboo theory goes underground five years before it even breaks through. 
Uh, but then when it does, and they still use bamboo in places like Hong Kong for scaffolding and stuff like that. Why? Because yeah. it's so strong it can go to great heights. Um, and I think that this, if anything, in this world today, you know, we can classify generations and do all that sort of stuff. It doesn't matter. Even me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm one of the first Gen Xers. Um, so I'm 54 years old. And uh, that uh, the, you know, but I have, I have 36 to 40 great years ahead of me still. And so why am I, in, uh, well, I'm not, but why would anyone might either be on a, deciding to wind down or being so caught up in like, well, I've only got so many years left to do it. I've got 40 years, like, but I, and also I act with a sense of urgency, but I'm going to be patient as I build the organization around. Um, so one of the things I want to talk to you, and I'd really like to get your take on this, Michael, because uh, as a, uh, an entrepreneur, uh, you're in your own right, extremely successful, and you hang out with some of the really cool people on the planet who are having great impact on humanity. Um, I, I found here in Australia, especially here in Perth, I don't know sure what it's like over in Sydney, but it was this massive growth mindset. Everyone's like, grow your business, grow, 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 grow. Um, but we've seen time and time again, businesses that continue to grow, but grow into obscurity or irrelevance or fade away into the sunset because they became irrelevant. Mm. They lost relevance. Um, and so I always challenged my, my guests about, how do you see the difference between growing and evolving? I love it. Um, Look, I think either way, you're going to naturally and organically continue to grow. doesn't yeah. mean you're going to evolve. Um, okay. There's a lot of people who, a lot of friends of mine, entrepreneurs, a lot of family members who are still doing the same thing mm. and they haven't evolved, but they've, they're slowly climbing the corporate ladder. So their growth is there. Yeah. But then you've got hyper growth. And, and I think it really comes down to how you evolve as a leader first. So, you know, entrepreneurs and especially people uh, like us, and especially when I don't have a nice cushy salary, I need to continue to stay relevant. Um, and I understand because of my personality and my DNA of how I love to work and love how I love to build. Um, I'm very focused on only three to four key areas in my life. That's it. And, and a lot of it is on strategy. How do I find you know, that next thing within the business that's going to help us evolve. How am I going to look at what's happening in 2022? Is COVID still here? What are we going to look at? What's happening? What's changing? So very quickly, I got out of the day-to-day -day running of my business. And that was a huge, you know, aha for me. Yeah. And I appreciate everyone listening may not be there yet, but when you can find ways, systems, talent, people to take over the day-to-day -day running of your business because it will stifle creativity. Um, for me now, all I'm doing is strategy, content, leading my team. That's really all I do. The, the yep. fourth thing is family. Um, that's kind of all I'm doing. And for me, every day I work on my whiteboard, I work on strategy, I work on what I call harebrain ideas. Great. Um, you know, I, I put things in place every quarter where I come up with a new harebrain idea. I put 10 grand to it. And it's got 90 days to flourish. If it doesn't, I, I, I'm, I get rid of it. Yep. Uh, so I, I really think it's important to stay relevant. Yeah. And we have to, I, I bought into a traditional seminar company. Hmm. Now, if you, you, know, you don't have to be a genius to realize in COVID, no one's running a seminar right now. There's hmm. no live events anywhere in the world. I don't care how strategic, how good you are, you, you won't find one. So we've got to be 
different. We've got to be thinking outside the square. We've now had to move and we, last month we did 30 digital events all over the planet. So yeah. you've got to continue to stay relevant. I'm working on projects now that will take us well into the next decade. And yeah. I've got to start working on those now because there will be failures. There will be um, iterations of that. There'll be challenges. But if I don't stay relevant, I will be obsolete. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I appreciate you sharing that because it's one of the biggest questions uh, I work on, uh, what I call epic questions. So I challenge clients on, you know, when was the last time you asked yourself and or your business an epic question? Mm. One of the epic questions that I, I challenge them on, and, and, and this is why a lot of the clients have been appreciating they've had the time and space to respond to what's happening to rather than have to react to it because they're, they're in an evolution process in their organizations already. But the simple epic question is, Michael, so if, if uh, you and I were going to go over to West Australia here, we're going to set up a, an event, educational event company, how would we put success resources out of business? Or how would we take their market share away from them? Because when, when you and I are working on how to do that for your business, you're just putting your old way of doing business out of business. Mm. But when somebody else is doing it, they're putting you out of business. Yeah. Or something. In this case, you know, obviously this has been the challenge for, and no one could have predicted the pandemic and all this sort of stuff that was happening. But the work with clients is that they've always knew there would be something or someone that would disrupt their business. Yeah. That someone or something should be them. And so yeah. they've already been in this constant cycle of disrupting or innovating within their business to evolve to stay relevant. So I think, you know, this is such a critical thing for organizations and leaders right now. And you, you articulated it beautifully is that if you're not constantly challenging your strategy every 90 days, um, even Dr. Glenn Richards, uh, he was in the podcast we had um, on July 7th, he was kickoff. And he talked about that, you know, so from Shark Tank, Dr. Glenn, and he's talking about how all the organizations that they, they have 90 day strategic resets every 90 days, that this is the cycle that we need to be in. Um, so, you know, yeah, so to me, uh, you know, growth is, like I agree with this, a natural thing, but evolution should become the natural state of your business, and then you grow at each of those stages of evolution. Yeah. Um, so it's really powerful. So, and you may have already shared it or not, I'm not quite sure, but what was your most significant personal evolution that you had as a leader? I think it was um, getting to rock, do you mean as a leader? Oh, you get, even you as a person, what was your most in life? You, you know, you guess, once again, your, your organization or anything you're working on will only evolve as much as you evolve. Yes, yes. Right? And so there's this adage of like, well, no, everyone else needs to do this and I don't need to because I'm already the business owner. Well, then, you know, you're either going to, people are going to hit a ceiling or the business is going to grow you or out evolve you and you're going to become irrelevant. Yeah, no, I've, I've had several of these aha moments. Yeah. You know, when, when I lost everything and you go out of the penthouse literally to the shit house. Yeah, you pack up your bags, you leave everything behind, you lock that door behind you and you go find a place to stay, whether it's on a couch or back at your parents' place or somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's an aha moment. But, um, you know, I, I started working heavily on me after that, after yep. that time. Um, you know, then I, I think of even recently, I, two years ago, I made a commitment to start doing more content yep. and I knew I couldn't fake it. Yeah. You, you can't turn the camera on, the lights on yeah. and sit there and fake it. And this is why, you know, I love that you and I had a quick chat before this and you said, Michael, have you seen the questions? I said, no, because I prefer to live in the moment and give yep. you authentically whatever comes out. But because yep. I've done the work, yep. I, 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 know, I know how to answer authentically for me. Yeah. And it's not manufactured, it's not calculated, it's not download the answer beforehand. It's, yep. it's know it. But here's the thing, before I switched that camera on, I changed my whole daily routine. Mm. I changed my education routine. 
I now do two hours a day working on me every yeah, single day. Yeah. Now, if you know a lot of people out there going, how the hell do you find two hours? You'll find it on the way to the gym, on the way to the office, on the way home from the office, dedicated time. Two hours is not that hard. No. But I saw a huge difference from 30 minutes to two hours. Yeah. How infinitely I got smarter, quicker, faster, better. And that's not an arrogance. That's just a truthful statement. No, I'm you do anything. You, yeah, you do anything four times, four X what you were doing, you will get better quicker. So yeah. I've done the work. I continue to do the work. And here's the thing. When I don't do the work, I see it in my business. Mm. I see challenges. You know, we're talking a lot about clusters at the moment yeah. in, 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 the, in the media. I yeah. see clusters in my businesses. Why is the revenue stopping or slowing down in that company? Why mm. is there HR issues over here? The crazy thing is, Dave, when I'm on mission and I'm on point and I'm dedicated and I'm doing the work, money keeps coming in. I check the CRM, I check the, the portals, I check the, the cash statements, I check the P&Ls, and business is good. But if I stop working on me, I stop working on those things, then I create clusters and problems. So yeah. uh, I, I have had many of those moments over the last 20 years where I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to work on me now. And yeah. um, I found my rhythm. Doesn't mean I won't get humbled again. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's all part of the journey. <laughs> I will. I, I said to my wife, I said, you know, we need to be comfortable with the fact that I could lose it all again. Mm. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, again, I, I'm not attached to the money, but, um, you know, when you have a statement like that to your wife, they don't really like that, by the way. If you no, no, I know. I've read that conversation. <laughs> no, but it's, it's just truthful because I'm like, here's the mission. If I'm meant to go through losing everything, this, 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 and this, to get to where I'm going to go, I have to go through that. It is what it is. And I'd be lying to you if I said it may not happen. It may happen. But um, when, when uh, we're constantly working on ourselves, I've found life is a little bit more harmonious. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And, and I think that's a great word because so many people focus on, you know, trying to get balance of life and stuff. I, I love harmony or rhythm to life, you know, because, you know, and I think Correct. that's an important thing to pursue. Uh, and you know what, uh, two things there, just so, um, one, I remember your, I think your wife did a post where it might've been on, she stole your Instagram or some of that, but she was talking about you and you, it was when you were traveling around the world, but what a great dad you were. And when you were home, you were in prison at home and you were, and, uh, and that was the, a big moment for me in really understanding you as a person. Like I said, you know, great people talk about their family and then their businesses and then good people or good business people talk about their businesses and their family. But I, think, I don't know, if, I'm pretty sure it was your wife who was doing, it was either on a video or something or she has her own Snapchat uh, or sorry, um, Instagram, but she yeah. did a post about it. And I remember that and I'm thinking, because I didn't know much about you. I saw you doing all this traveling and it was really nice to see from her talking about that so kudos to you and you know guys as a family unit that you have a, such a supporting partner who understands all that too but you yeah you've got to honor that support too you have to honor absolutely, that absolutely absolutely and um you can't do what i want to do by yourself no um you know you need a supporting partner who just gets it and sometimes i leave a trail of destruction behind me when you have such a vision and mission like this right yeah, last yeah. year i went overseas 17 I've forgotten whether it's 17 or 19 times. Let's just say 17. Yeah. You can't do that and leave two kids and a wife at home and have a mission like that unless you've got somebody who truly supports you. So yeah, um, I, I call her my co-CEO in life. Um, yeah. There is no hierarchy. I'm not bigger, better. We are in this together and she is my 
like CEO who helps run everything. So, um, yeah, no, that's, know, that's, blessing. that's amazing. And, and like I said, I, and I think I, you, I, I saw a shift in the last two years um, of, you know, your content and all of a sudden there was stuff happening, but then all of a sudden you've just been, you know, obviously telling your story more and experiences and you're partnering more and it's all more visible and that, and you can see that evolution that's happened for you. So once again, I just let you know that it's, it's visible and, and I, I think, yeah, and I think that's really great. Um, and because you do have a lot, you know, it's easy to bring all these people, but you yourself have so much education and information to share with people that, uh, you know, I always said people like shame on you if you're not. And, you know, the wisdom that you have, people, there's people out there who, you know, the, and, you know, I'm sure Gary B will talk all about this stuff too, but, you know, there's just one person out there that goes, holy crap, that, that one thing you shared with me has just impacted me and, and shifted the way I think about things. Well, then you're doing great in the world. And, but if you don't share it, even if you don't think, well, who's going to know and who's going to care? Well, there's one person out there, I guarantee you, who will. Absolutely. My, my philosophy is if you're privileged enough to make an impact and, and mm. have some kind of status, whatever that is, yeah. you build a longer table. You don't build a bigger fence. Yeah. You know, my, my, my thing is um, I, I, don't, I don't have a program. I don't sell things. I just want to give back. Yep. But it's not from an, you know, you know, there is a value exchange now. The more I give, the more my brand grows, the more my company is perceived, the more that clients and people go, well, if that's Laney's values, maybe the company's like that as well. So it's, it's definitely calculated, but it's not money orientated. It's yeah. every day I'm giving content, every day I'm giving value. Yeah. Yes, it does help me, but I know that it helps other people because I get the messages, I, I get yeah. The, yeah. the comments. And I really believe a couple of years ago, I put out some content around, we all need to have an education company. And I remember people going, Michael, what are you talking about? I'm in manufacturing. I'm in, you know, I'm a courier. I'm this. I'm like, sure. But there's an audience online who needs your product or service. So if we have an education arm to our business and you take the sales hat off and all you do is go, guys, here are the three key things you must know to make sure that your package gets from A to B as quick and as fast and as authentic as possible, um, then that's what you need to do. You need to have that education arm, right? You don't have to monetize it necessarily. Although in a lot of my businesses, I now, when I acquire a company, I put an education front end just because it's a great way to leverage and educate. And then if if a client respects it, feels it and understands it, they might stay as a client for longer. So, you know, if you truly understand that, um, it's not about starting a new company and having an education company. It's about guys, three times a week, I'm going to get online and tell you that I'm in the automotive industry. And these are the key things you must know before you buy any car. And if you don't buy from me, I'm okay, but make sure you ask the dealer this, 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 and this. Yeah. You do that for long enough. Somebody's going to turn and go, huh, Michael, you seem like, you know what you're talking about. I want to buy my car off you. I've been watching you for months. I trust you. It feels right. Can we book a meeting? It's just, it's just the, the evolution of our, of you know the expert space and positioning you as the authority yeah but like in the end i think that's the important thing people have to understand is that uh you know people can buy whatever they want from wherever they want but where are they getting the information the knowledge 
because um, there's a lot of bad information out there. And if you truly care and are passionate about people getting the right things, whether that's from you or not, that you should be sharing what you think is the right way for them to be able to do that. And you know what? And uh, I work the same with all my clients. I challenge them from a content and point of view. And this is why I'm doing the Evolution of Business show, because to me, I want people to have exposure to people like yourself and all the theories and concepts that I challenge people on in terms of evolving themselves and their businesses. Um, this is the education arm of my business. Yeah, uh, whether, I'm not here to monetize. If the, if the podcast gets monetized, that's uh, whatever. That it'll be what it'll be. But yeah. more, this is about the education. Um, now, I want to be very respectful of your time. We've got about five minutes left, but I have three questions I need to get through. So, very quickly, business evolution—the most significant business evolution that you've been through—and once again, you might just highlight a story you've already told, or um, there might be one that you haven't shared yet. Look, I, I think it's all a reflection of me. The more I continue to grow, the more my business evolves, the more I evolve as a, as a human and mm. the big mission that I want to create. So um, to grow my business, I always look, I've got to grow me first. Yeah. So you're, and it's really important because that's why I tell them that the, the whole connection between your personal, most significant personal evolution usually is, uh, is precedes the biggest business evolution that you have. Yes. Uh, true. You know, and because it's that, when you realize that, yes, geez, holy crap, I've gone to the next level or I've become more and more capable and everything, all of a sudden, so does my business, so does my team. And guess what? My clients deserve us to be all more capable and at our best, um, which is really cool. So what do you see, um, what's your insights then to share with the audience the next three years, um, future work, future leadership, humans and technology? You know, what, what are the one or two key things that you see that you'd like to share with people to be mindful of? Yeah, look, I think we're coming into the sort of the the expert space um you know there's the industrial mm. age there's all this i think we're coming to the expert age mm. and i believe everyone is their cv i believe every, a social media your presence everything you're doing today will echo in eternity that's the good the bad and the ugly so yeah. i think the next three years everyone listening to this needs to grow their personal brand in alignment with their company or vision mission yeah uh, you know, the currency of you building your presence will translate for many different things. My co-host of my show, um, Level Up TV, is uh, Ahmed Imam. He's a yeah. great guy. We started working together because he hit me up on LinkedIn and said, hey, I love what you're doing. I'd love to maybe come and work with you. I didn't ask him for a CV. I didn't ask for anything else. He's got 440,000 followers on LinkedIn. Yeah. He's an expert at what he does. I said, yes because I've been following his content for nine months and I knew who he was. We right. will go and do some crazy things together, but it only happened because he'd put in the work of building for the last three years before that. So anyone listening to this, whatever your passion, whatever that mission vision is, start growing yourself, start putting yourself out there, start a podcast, start doing something in three years time. If you can get to be in the top 5% of your industry, amazing things will happen. And that's why I really think the expert age is now. Yeah, it's interesting because we went from, obviously you said the industrial age to what most people would call the information age. Correct. All that. Now um, we're taking all that information, but people are looking for expertise with it. There's so much freaking information out there. How do we ascertain or dissertain what is the most important or relevant information? And this is where I believe it's, it's, it's fine tuning into saying that expert age is like, you know, saying, okay, hey, there's all this information, but this is the things you need to understand and how we yep. identifying, sorting through all that information. So absolutely. That's yeah. the next three years. I think everyone should do that. Um, Jim and I'm two years into my, uh, two and a half years now into my um, sort of journey of Michael Lane and, uh, and putting my brand out there and those kind of things. And 
some amazing things have come from it, things that you wouldn't even expect. Um, acquisitions, deals, um, joint ventures, collaborations, all yeah. because I turned on the camera and did a whole heap of this stuff. It's amazing yeah. what can happen. Absolutely. All right, so last question is the surprise question. It's a random question. To you. I have 31 questions written down here. You don't get to see what they are. Uh, you get to pick a number between 131. The only thing is you must answer the question, Michael, okay? There's no bailing out on this question. Let's do it. I love okay, it. Okay, pick a number. My lucky number seven. Number seven. Okay, very good question. So what is the most unexpected thing someone did for you? Oh, you mean, I'm constantly getting, and, and, and probably, there's several of these. I'm trying to think of the best one, but. And here's a yeah. chance to get that person a plug too, because someone did something totally unexpected for you. Like, holy crap, that was just so kind and amazing, whatever. Who was it? Here's your chance. Yeah. It was a guy called Ronnie. He got me into this business in 2003. Yep. And here's a funny quick story. Yep. I got in commission only, like I said to you, yep. um, Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, all that. For the first three months, I made not one sale. Now, if you can imagine that commission only, all this, Got to the point where Ronnie goes, it's not working. I need you tearing up leads. I need the desk. You're wasting time. And I said, give me one more shot. Give me seven days. And he said, all right, I'll give you one shot. Every now and then you give someone will give you one shot. Here's your one shot. Hmm. Within seven days, I made a sale. Funny story is I went on to, that guy went on to refund, but <laughs> he gave me one, he gave me one shot. Yeah. And it's been 18 years later. I've done a, almost a couple of billion in the industry. And if it yeah. wasn't for that one guy, Ronnie, who gave me that extra shot right. and I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I'd be doing something very different. Thank you, Ronnie. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for sharing that. And it's uh, those little unexpected moments and uh, people like that, that can be the turning point in your whole life. So, uh, mate, so where can people get hold of you? What's the best place? Contact Michael Lane. If they want to follow your content, is there, where's the best yeah. place to go? LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. It's my favorite yeah. platform. It's where I always get back to messages. I always get back to people. My handle is, it's Michael Lane. Yep, ITS Michael Lane, L-A-N-E. I mean, um, thank you so much for joining us on the Evolution of uh, Business podcast. Uh, it's been a pleasure to learn more about you, but also to continue to uh, all the stuff I've already known and, and to learn a little, little bit more about you as a person. Uh, mate, and I look forward to the one day that you and I can actually hit the links together. Uh, yes. One other random question. What's your handicap? Uh, at the moment, it's 12 but I haven't been playing much. So yeah, that's okay. I'm on a 14 and I have, <laughs> I played one round of golf uh, here at uh, one of my, my wife's member at a golf club. I'm not, um, and uh, had the worst round I've ever played in a very, very long time. Cause it's been a bit dusty. So time to dust the clubs off. Anyway, I'll let you go. I know you've got a multi-billion dollar businesses to run. So uh, once again, uh, thanks for tuning into the show here and being a participant in uh, sharing your wisdom with everybody. And I hope you continue to do so, so through other platforms. And I'm loving, by the way, the new set for the TV show. That is that is killer. So if anyone hasn't seen it, by the way, uh, Michael has a new online TV show with Ahmad. And uh, the, the stage setting is unbelievable. It's pretty cool. But Dave, I just want to say a huge thank you to you. Um, we've been connected for a while. I love your stuff. I'm so grateful that you comment and you like what we do. And I'm so grateful you invited me on the podcast. So um, keep doing what you're doing. We're loving it. So thank you. Thanks, man. Cheers very much. Thanks for everyone for listening too. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.